Hey, it's Michael, and welcome to another podcast episode. Before I get into today's episode, we wanted to make an offer to you. If you go to firmsconsulting.com, you will see a pop-up or you'll see a place to add in your email address or you can register on the Firms Consulting website. If you register onto that website, you get put into an exclusive list. And what you get in that exclusive list is samples of the content we have available to FC Insiders. So that said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the Strategy Skills Podcast. And I want to talk about managing fatigue. I get a lot of emails and questions where people want to know how in the world am I able to remain so energetic, so on top of things, sending out emails at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock during the morning, have so many things running. And how can I do that? How am I able to be so busy, so active, and get so much done? Well, I think there are a couple of things that I do differently that I want to talk about, right? Now, for those of you listening to this podcast, you may or may not be aware of all of the things we had happening when this podcast and the study was running. For one thing, we had the study running, which itself is just an all-consuming effort. I mean, if you've ever worked with a partner in a study this big, this critical, you know that that's all they're doing, right? While that was happening, we were also shooting the consulting office season three, which I was leading this time. We were also shooting another series, which I was leading by myself. So that's three big things. We were also busy uh, working through the logic and the thinking and negotiating the contracts for the big data study and the deep space science study, right? The one about rocket propulsion in outer space. We were also busy launching Firms Consulting TV, which was not a small venture. We had to build a mini studio. The team had to put together the props. They had to do pilots. I had to comment on it. So a lot of things are happening, right? At the same time, there's lots of changes happening on the website, which you may not always see, but I can assure you they're happening in the background, right? So fatigue is a pretty big problem, right? How do I manage all of this? Well, My strategy is a very simple one. First thing I do is, on my table, whether it's at my home office or at the client side, I have what looks like a bleached greeting card. You know those greeting cards that you used to get many years ago? I mean, some parts of the world you still get them. About half of an A4 sheet of paper, and you open them up, and they've got these nice words, and the front has got a nice picture. So anyway, I I have what looks like a bleached greeting card. It's one-fourth the size of an A4 sheet of paper, right? And there's only writing on one side of it, which would be the cover of the greeting cards. There's nothing written inside of it. There's nothing written on the back. That stays open on my desk. And on the cover of the greeting card are my priorities. There are my priorities for the year. Not for the week, not for the month, for the year. If I achieve these things, I've had a phenomenal year. There are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 things we are pushing out this year and maybe um, another 3. Of those 12 things we are pushing out, 7 have been given you know, high priority status, which means they must happen. So that's the first thing I do. I have a very clear idea of my priorities. They don't shift. Right? A lot of people who get caught into changing and getting busy and so on, it's because they haven't decided what they need in life. 
they don't know how to measure it. And therefore, three months in, they start changing the activities and efforts because they were never clear about their goal in the first place. So at the beginning of the year, we decide what do we need to achieve this year to make it a grand year. And this is not something I've always been very good at. People who know me know that I don't take Christmas off, and there's a reason for that. I don't take Christmas off because when Christmas comes, I feel so depressed and so sad that it's been such a miserable and horrible year that I'm actually working through Christmas. And it's a very bad time to be working because no one else is working. So not only do I waste the entire year, I try to be productive in a time of the year when I'm guaranteed to be unproductive. So basically, the first thing I do is to have this card with me. The card doesn't change throughout the year. Sure, there'll be some crises that may erupt, but these priorities must be delivered. And I'll, I build some fat into my time knowing that I need to deal with these crises, right? That's the first thing I do. The second thing I've done is I eliminate non-necessities, and I'm a brutal about it. I've decided there are certain things I just will not do, and I don't do it. I don't do interviews. I don't go to my alumni events. I get invited every week for someone who wants to do coffee, someone who wants to do breakfast with me, someone who wants to go to dinner, and I just politely decline it. I'm not doing it. It's not because, you know, I don't like you, just don't have, I don't have the time. So all non-necessities are completely eliminated, right? That's the second thing. You have to be very careful about that. Things that look promising usually pan out to, you know, have very little impact. I simply cut them out. And I'm brutal about this. I mean, anything comes up that I feel is not part of my core objectives I'm trying to deliver or not in one of the critical path items to deliver that core objective, I cut it out. That's the second thing, eliminate non-necessities, as one of the partners at Firms Consulting says. The third thing I do is I automate a lot of things, personal side and private life. Everything I do is automated from picking up well, I don't really do my own clothing, but, you know, if I had to, I'd automate that as well, where someone would come in, pick up dry cleaning, take it in, drop it off, and so on. So on the personal side, everything's automated. And also on the professional side, you know, two years ago, we made a big effort to automate as much as we can within firms consulting. We have come a long way, I would say. We still have a long way to go, but we're continuously investing in automation so that it frees up our time. We're not perfect, but we're way better than we need to be. And that's the one thing you need to do, automate personal things. If you have bills to pay, automate it. If you want to make sure your bills are you're not being robbed due to automation, set up a system that mails you a breakdown of what payouts went out every week on a Friday evening. You get it, you can check it, right? You need to have all these things. Technology allows you to do that. Banking is it's so easy to do today. Shopping is so easy to do today. Everything can be automated. You don't need to spend time doing it yourself, right? The fourth thing, which is very important, is hiring the right people. I cannot stress this enough. And I'm going to give you some very counterintuitive advice about hiring the right people. The first problem when you hire people is most people tend to hire their friends. And when you hire your friend, your friend thinks, oh, I can get away with this because you're my friend. So you'll accept it if I'm a bit flawed. I don't hire friends. I've done it twice at Firms Consulting, and it was an epic, unmitigated, unvarnished disaster, which I do not want to repeat again. So I don't hire friends anymore. I'm friendly towards the people I work with. They've become friends, very close friends, after they start working. 
they know that any decision I take while I still run firms consulting, assuming they want me to run it, may get voted out at some point, I will put the firm first. And they need to be aware of that if they want to be friends with me, because at no point am I going to put their friendship above the firm. But normally when I hire friends, the friendship came first and they think the friendship supersedes the interests of the firm. So I don't hire friends. That's the first rule. And it's a very important rule, which is very counterintuitive, right? Because when you have a lot of money and you're working at a startup, you're bringing your friends and everyone's happy when things are going well. When things go bad and you've got to cut costs, you've got to work harder, you've got to do things that require sacrifices, friendship usually doesn't work. The second thing I do is I always look for people who have struggled in life. So if you look at every firm's consulting partner we have or people we hire on the media side, on the website design side and so on, they all went through pretty difficult times in their life. They all struggled. You know, some firm's consulting partners, if you read their bios, it's pretty horrible. I mean, if you read the bio of the partner who runs firm's consulting TV, Fridays with Firms Consulting, you'd be shocked that that person still gets up in bed in the morning. But that's the kind of people we want. We want people who have had such tough lives that they are absolutely determined that they will not be average for the rest of their lives and they can face anything because they have faced the worst before. That's my second rule. All partners at Firms Consulting bear that characteristic. We've all had difficulties in the past, uh, whether it's you know, growing up in terrible countries or broken families or suffering but they made it through that. That's what keeps us together, I think. That's a common bond. We've lost so much that we are not prepared to sacrifice it all. You know, what's the word the Russians used when the when they were attacked by the Germans? They said never again, right? I suppose every country when they attacked would say that. But my point is we don't want to go back to being average. And that's why we push ourselves continuously. The next point about hiring teams is I've learned the hard way that you can be tough with people by being nice with people and you need to negotiate hard, but you also have to develop them. So bring in people, do whatever you need to negotiate the best condition for or deal for your for your organization. But remember that if you want people to grow, you're going to have to give them something in return that's meaningful, whether it's development, usually it's money or remuneration. But don't, you know, cut people so much to the bone when it comes to the way you're paying them and the way you're rewarding them that they're actually looking for the first opportunity to leave. It's okay to pay a little more, provided the more that you're paying is to make them do something that adds value, which is your job. You know, you can't ask people to do something and then you realize it was the wrong priority. You can't blame them if they focused on the wrong priority, right? As the organizational leader, you set the priority. So pay more for things that add value, but it's your job to determine what adds value. So that's the fourth thing, right? The final thing I want to do is talk about something that's very counterintuitive, and that's the way I inspire myself. When I'm faced with fatigue, which is pretty much every day, and everything looks so horrible and so tough, and my eyes are watering from the sunlight, and I can't carry myself through, what I do is I try to inspire myself out of that rut. A lot of people, when they're in that position, they try to take a break. I mean, you've got to slow down, but you don't want to slow down to such a point whereby you, the only reason you're surviving is because you're constantly doing less and less. Because at a certain point, you're not developing yourself, you're just giving up. That's what doing less and less means. So what I do is, I thought 2014 for firms consulting was a pretty bad year. I didn't think we did amazing things. We did a few interesting things, but nothing particularly great. Others thought we had a great year. To me, it wasn't so great. 
And one of the reasons is I looked at the amount of effort we put into the lab study, which was an amazing study. I mean, just mind-blowing. But I thought about it and said that if I'm going to put all this effort, I want to work on things that are damn exciting. So I looked around and thought, what projects would make me so inspired that no matter how tough it is, I'm going to jump out of bed to want to do this? And I thought to myself, wow, what about helping a country that's going through you know, wrenching problems build the infrastructure to be competitive? That's how we came up with the power sector study. What about laying the foundation for space travel? That's how we came up with the deep space study based in Central Asia, right? I mean, those are exciting things. You get up in the morning and you say, okay, do you want to go sell? Do you want to help an American or British or whatever, German or Chinese company sell more milk to mothers? Or do you want to get up in the morning and help a space agency figure out how to lower their cost of travel and put a space station into orbit around Mars. I mean, let's be honest, which one is more exciting? Clearly, you would have to be the most boring person in the world if you want to sell more milk in the Chinese mainland, right? I'm not saying there's not a need for it. I'm not saying consultants don't need to be there. But what I'm saying is that you have to decide what inspires you and you have to pick those projects, right? So to wrap up here, always remember the five rules. One is you've got to prioritize and prioritize and prioritize. Know what the priorities are. Create that bleached greeting card, you know, replicate it for yourself. It works well. Second, eliminate anything that is not related to your priorities. Third, automate everything that you can. And we automate a shocking amount at Firms Consulting and even in my personal life. Fourth, surround yourself by good people, but don't select people that you just get along with. Select people that are right for the organization, even if you don't get along with them. Don't hire friends and understand what's the core driving value of the organization. For us, we look for people that really want to prove themselves, hire those people. And finally, when you're in a rut, inspire your way out of it by looking to do things that make you want to get up in the morning. As always, if you have comments or questions, I'll be more than happy to respond to you. But always remember, when you see me sending emails at 2 o'clock in the morning and rolling out all these amazing things, it's because I'm following these rules. Ultimately, I'm doing things that inspire me. I've prioritized them. I've eliminated everything else that's non-essential. I've automated all the boring tasks that will tie up my time. And I'm slowly, and I think I'm starting to be successful, building a very capable team for the organization to run it. And you need to do the same thing, whether you run a small organization, a large organization, whether you work at Deloitte, PwC, Accenture, General Electric, Procter & Gamble. It doesn't matter where you are. The same philosophy would work everywhere. I look forward to your comments and thank you for listening to this podcast. And that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing the episode. Finally, I want you to remember that the only way to get access to our special offers, the only way to get our special pricing, and the only way to get samples of our content is to join the list on firmsconsulting.com. It's the only way also to get access to our unique advanced content that we make available to insiders. So if you want to get a sneak peek of things, test it out, see what's in there, this is the place to go. And finally, I want to thank you again for making us one of the largest podcast channels around the world for careers and for the 2 million downloads and counting.